Hello, hello, team. Good morning, good morning. Lockman Harlow Wealth Coffee Chat, folks. Good to see you up bright and early. Alison, Deb, Chris, good to see you. Welcome along, folks. Hope everyone is awesome and well, wherever you are. Nice day where I am on the Gold Coast. First one in a while, actually. That rain. I wouldn't mind the rain going away. Anyway, it's interesting, hey, when we want rain, it doesn't come, and when we don't want it, it never leaves. But there you go. Hey, morning, Melinda. Good to see you. I'll do some quick intros just while things are warming up. Paul, how are you? All the way from Toowoomba. Good to see you. Jason Witten's my name. Most of you know that. And if you don't, give us a shout-out in the chat. Say hello. You might be new. You might be uh, wandering by, finding us randomly. Cool. Uh, most likely, you're one of our mentoring or coaching clients. So welcome. If you are new to the group, new to the program, new to the positive world, then uh, great to have you here. Let us know in the chat what you're up to, who you are, where you're from, anything that you'd be happy to share. Morning, Luke. Good morning, Hugh. Great to see uh, you up early too, mate. Been uh, been doing these Wealth Coffee Chats for a little while with some crazy cool crew just like you, property investors who are interested in creating wealth over the long term. There's no such There's no such thing as a get-rich-quick scheme in the world of real estate. If someone tells you there is, then they're full of shit. (laughs) This thing's about, you know, creating wealth um, over the medium to long term and uh, making sure we're able to enjoy that uh, into the future. Hey, Janice, great to see you. Thanks for shouting out. New to the coaching, all the way from Newcastle, awesome. Looks like my little uh, internet-y stuff might be having a little bit of funny buggers here. So annoying, this stuff, you know? You get uh, you get, uh, you get, get yourself all set up and the internet uh, fluctuates up and down. Anyway, I'll stop rabbiting on, Jason. Um, get on with the show today. But listen, today I wanted to talk about uh, the world of uh, borrowing and servicing. You guys, you guys know that, uh, you know, borrowing lending, being able to leverage for building your property portfolio is pretty vital. Uh, if you um, if you can't lend, if leverage is difficult, then your pace of acquisition uh, slows down, right? You know, and we all know that, uh, you know, from time to time, things change. Right now, we're in one of those times where things are changing, folks. Uh, and it's not, it's not terrible. Uh, however, if you're brand new, and you've never experienced this stuff before. It can feel like the end of the world. So let's have a little chat today about a few things uh, that we probably need to be aware of and maybe things that we could change, adjust, or uh, or do as we go along as property investors to really manage what uh, is on the radar, what is occurring, and you know get some practical conversations going today. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about what is happening um when, uh, you know, now and into the future when it comes to our ability to borrow and borrowing power. So unless you've been living under a rock, you've seen this, you know, uh, rate hikes, the uh, the interest rate or the cash rate, so the underlying cost of money to the people who lend it to you, that cost has uh, increased and, 
that now obviously gets passed on to you as a borrower. Um, we've had a bit of a chat about this before, and you guys, um, you guys have heard me chat with like Andy Fenton and a few other people who are, you know, quite clever people. They they they've been around the traps a few times. Uh, you know, I've been borrowing money for twenty seven years. You know, many people on the call today probably been borrowing. You know, we can and we can tell stories. The back in my day stories. My first loan was eleven percent. My parents borrowed at nineteen percent. Blah blah blah. Um, you know, and and really at the end of the day, a cash rate um, down here was like a, a ludicrous cost of money, and and down there as well. And uh, we all benefited from that. We were all pretty happy to borrow money at this point in time. You know, we had little smiley faces here. You know, let's do. <laughs> That's a smiley face. But, uh, um, you know, over here, you know, we've got, some, we've got some concerns now of what's going on with our cost of money and the adjustment that is, that is occurring. So what can we expect? Where are we going right now um, when it comes to these cash rate rises? Now, what is one thing, uh, and I celebrated uh, the, the most recent um, – the most recent announcement, even though it went up, what's one thing about, tell me in the chat, what's a good thing, an indicator of um, we are, we're slowing slash finding uh, the top of these cash rate uh, rises? Anyone kind of say, so what was the pace, what was the size of the cash rate rises to begin with and what was the most recent one? Put that in the chat for me because, this is important to understand, even though, uh, even though it's still a rise. So, how? What was the percentage that the previous five cash rate rises rose by? Not, uh, not a great way. <laughs> Hopefully, you understand what the question I'm trying to ask, right? Because right now, yep, absolutely, Gary, they're getting smaller and slowing down. Now, it's a good indicator. Yep, yep, right. Is fifty basis points to twenty five basis points, right? Boom. So. This little indicator, um, yep, a smaller rise, yep. And, you know, there's talk about inflation, you know, oil's coming down, all these things. There's there's many things I I am um, unqualified to uh, opinionate on, right? That's There's many many of those machinations moving out there. One thing, though, um, that uh, I have been taught by some much smarter people than myself, when you look at the bond rates, right, the future bond rates where thousands and thousands of professional institutions talk about what they think these things might be worth. A bond rate is the the price of cash into the future. Uh, They've all priced it or the aggregated opinion is that the pricing uh, of interest rates uh, is going to land in between 5 and 6%, right? So what does that mean? We've We've done these. We've done this before uh, with you guys. So you know the cash rate will probably will probably get up to between three and three point five percent. That's that's the destination at this point in time. That's that's the aggregated opinion of the marketplace. Now it's not Jason's opinion. That's the aggregated opinion out there and when we have a little look at what's going on we go okay well what does that look like all right so stick with me i don't want to get too down in the weeds in this with everyone today i want to do some calculators um so what does that look like folks just quickly 
you know, if we have, um, you know, if that's 2.6, you know, this might be 2.85. The next one, you know, that might be uh, 3, and then we might be at 3.25, right? So, so that's what it, so between 3 and 4, maybe 3 to 4, it's already slowing, so I think it might land around 3 cash rate rises. All right? So that's what we're talking about today. Where are we now? What does it look like in the future? And what levers can we pull as property investors to help us when it comes to our ability to borrow? Here's what's going on right now. Here's a little thing, a little matrix, show you guys when it comes to borrowing power, right? So here's, now, don't get too freaked out. You guys listening in, we can do things about this. But here's kind of the the owner-occupier, the owner-occupier average when it comes to changes uh, from, you know, six months ago to now, right? So for an owner-occupier, an owner-oc, okay? And why, and tell me in the chat, this is owner-occupier, so it's kind of like, it's the worst, worst-case scenario from a borrowing capacity, the reduction in capacity to borrow for servicing, um, what's the issue? What's the kind of like the limiting factor when it comes to, you know, borrowing power and servicing when it comes to owner-occupiers? Folks, tell me that in the chat. We're like, what, you know, the on the opposite question is, you know, as property investors, what do we get that owner-occupiers don't get when it comes to our ability to service? We get something else that helps us out, right? Put that in the chat for me. Um, if you know what I'm talking about, sometimes... I should uh, I should write these questions down and, and formulate them a bit better rather than on the, on the flow. But you know, property investors get rental income where owner occupiers do not. Right. So this is kind of hard graph when it comes to owner occupier lending. Okay. So let's have a look at this. Let's have a look at you know, um, boom. Absolutely, we get depreciation, which is cash flow and add back, and we get rent. Okay, which is which is uh, a, a massive benefit. So if you see these interest rate rises, and the the last one went from sort of nineteen point, uh, not 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 uh, interest rate rises, but it went uh, up 0.025, 0.25. and that in essence was approximately a little bit less than two percent change in borrowing power. Okay, so let's just do kind of this this um, this this kind of range here, this this seven fifty range, because this is kind of Interesting, and and we'll we'll go to a calculator in a minute, to, and I'll show you what we can do about it. We've got we've got time today, so if we have a look at it's gone from seven fifty to five eighty seven. Wow, you know that's pretty big for owner occupiers, folks. And this is where you know this is where you see, uh, this is where you see, ladies and gents, this is where you see these these opinionated like lunatics out there going. Well, if borrowing power has dropped 20%, property prices are going to drop 20%. What absolute bullshit. Like, so tell me right now, if you're sitting there, I mean, if you're sitting there and you could borrow 700 grand, um, 750, you know, nine months ago, and now you can only borrow 600 uh, and you're an owner-occupier, what do you do? You're keen to buy a property. What do you do? What happens? You, you don't sit around and going, oh, well, you know, I'm going to wait for everyone to drop their price because the people in the 750 suburb aren't dropping their price to 600 grand, folks. That's ludicrous. That's not going to happen. 
all of those people have purchased those properties. That's that doesn't happen at all. We don't have you know disastrous financial challenges out there in the marketplace. Um, what happens is, um, yep, people go to another suburb. They look elsewhere. Dead right, Chris. I mean, anyway, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to get off track. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so it's interesting, Gary. What what actually happens in these times is the very expensive properties, kind of this discretionary luxury property, tends to have a reduction in in its average price. So it has a higher reduction in its average price. Guess what happens to the the middle, the middle to bottom price ranges in in the marketplace? Guess what guess what happens to um the the middle to bottom, right? So the top end gets affected because uh, of that that world uh, and of recent times actually of recent it actually hasn't been affected at all that uh, there's been a lot of cash a lot of people buying expensive properties paying a lot of money but what does happen is everyone sort of like drops down a price point and right now we've got no supply folks so the competition heats up for that price point right uh, or people go well bugger it I'm not going to buy I'll just rent which either way for all of us, Happy days, happy days. We're not buying, you know, the $5 million houses that are, that are more difficult to turn over. There's lower buyers. You know, we're buying, you know, the 750 you know, the 550 to 750 or we're buying the 650 to 850 range for really good quality real estate. Anyway, stay on track, Jason. All right, so here we go. Now, if that reduces, if 587 reduces, you know, 2%, which uh, I believe it will, so that now comes to 575, you know, and if we go 575, you know, uh, and reduce it another 2%, you know, you got 563, you know, and then uh, reduce it another 2%, you know, it's, you know, 552. So, I mean, it's not the end of the world, but, you know, it's dropped. If you have a look at this, you know, 200K. In buying power, that's pretty. That's pretty crazy, right? That's pretty crazy. So, this is where you know these these are some rough numbers. And and seriously, team, there's so many pieces of moving parts in this. You know, we need to make sure um, we don't get carried away with that, right? So, let's just quickly do something here. All right, now let's have a little look at some of this stuff, right? So, I'm going to just quickly show you something, and. Uh, I might continue this tomorrow, actually, because I want to dine out on this. <clears throat> you know what I'm going to do? Hey, part two tomorrow. Part two. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to do part two tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'm going to show you some calculators and some of the things that we can work on as borrowers, right, when we can work on as lenders when it comes to um, comes to adjusting our borrowing power, okay? So who's up for part two of this tomorrow? Let me know in the chat. Yeah, for part two tomorrow, dive into some details on this one. Um, let me know if, you, if you're keen. Give me a yes in the chat, all right? Because, you know, what are the things we can do? The easiest, most effective stuff we can do when it comes to extra borrowing is, you know, increase our income. Boom, all right? get our income up, okay? Number two is, you know, 
uh, reduce your expenses, which makes sense, right? Um, which is awesome. Thanks, cool team. We'll do this tomorrow. So tomorrow I'm going to show you um, uh, no problems, Peter. It'll be recorded. Um, you can catch up. So tomorrow we'll go through and we'll use some calculators and I'll show you guys kind of some of the levers that we can pull or work with your broker to work out um, because um, I don't have time today. I've got to go. Actually, what I'm doing today, this last two minutes, I'll just let you know what I'm doing um, is what I'm doing is going to uh, catch up with a bunch of finance brokers. I've got uh, uh, what are they called? Not a seminar. Anyway, where everyone gets together and hangs out in an industry. Maybe I'm meant to blank today. Maybe I need another coffee. <laughs> a conference. Conference, Jason. Jeez. Okay, well, there you go. I'm going to a conference about lending and where we're at and what's going on. So, you know, like I did the other day with short-term lending, which was quite fascinating, actually, uh, short-term lending, I'm going to a, a lending conference. And uh, so I'm going to come back and report to you guys on what we might be able to do. So there you go. Anyway, that's it. Coffee, Wealth Coffee Chat, done and dusted for the day. Folks, join me tomorrow for part two, part two of this borrowing and servicing conversation, networking conference. Thanks, Chris. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, not enough coffees yet. Yep, there you go. Uh, The mouth is faster than the mind this morning. Maybe I need to slow it down. Anyway, folks. Good to have you here. Thanks for joining me. Awesome to hang out and uh, share some of our, you know, uh, time together. You guys be awesome and well. Remember, this thing's a marathon, not a sprint. The idea of property wealth is to buy well and do not bloody sell. Keep the thing. I'm telling you, you'll be you'll be sorry if you do. Nine times out of ten. Anyway, there you go. Join me tomorrow, folks, for another one. Done and dusted today. Adios, folks. Bye bye.